You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, hey, hey. What is up? What's the dealio? What's the 411? It's me, Salish. Happy Pride Month, everybody. How are you guys doing? So here's the dealio. I am bringing back one of my favorite episodes. It's Todrick Hall. I mean, how can I not air this episode during Pride Month? I love him so much and he's just, he's everything. So I hope that you enjoy this episode one more time. (laughs) As always, if you guys have any feedback or anything that you want to hear, please drop into my DMs on IG at Salisha Thomas and let a sister know I'm all ears and I try to read everything. So all the love. Can't wait. Happy Pride. Talk soon. Enjoy the episode. Black Hair in the Big Leagues. I'm your host, Alicia Thomas. <sighs> Y'all, today we have a bona fide superstar, and I'm not being nice, like a real life superstar. Whatever I'm about to say will not scratch the surface of what he has done. He acts, he sings, he dances, he tumbles, he raps, writes, directs, produces, he's choreographed for Beyonce, for RuPaul's Drag Race. He won America's Hearts in. American Idol season nine, I believe. Um, he and since then has amassed a following of over 3.5 million YouTube subscribers. What in the world? He just released an EP, uh, Quarantine Queen, and he also has a Netflix documentary out called Behind the Curtain. Y'all, help me welcome Todrick Hall. Oh my gosh, I've had a lot of intros, Alicia, but I really think that might be my favorite one yet. Hi. Hi! Oh my goodness. It's so good to see you you? and to speak to you and to soak up your energy like my good friend. I I haven't seen you in so long, but I'm great. Honestly, like this is just like the best dose of like you talking to you is like going to therapy, but also drinking a Red Bull at the same time. (laughs) Um, thank you. Um, but seriously, I feel the same. Like literally the last time I saw you, I think what was it? 2012 I don't know I've seen you since oh no 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 I've seen you since then on Broadway but the first time I met you was when we did Hairspray together yes back in the day almost a decade ago in 2012 no oh my gosh was that in 2012 that we did that allegedly allegedly (laughs) it was 2012 (laughs) darling um, 2012, one of my first memories of you is when, oh my goodness, first of all, that was my first professional show. And so it was like really cool. They're like, oh my goodness, what is this world? I was definitely watching the veterans, obviously you being <laughs> one of them, like, how does this go? All the things. And one of my first memories of you is when we were all signing like the playbill to make sure that our names were spelled correctly. Yeah. And when it was your turn, you didn't just like initial off your name. You penciled in your name above the title. <laughs> and I I thought that was such like, a, because especially in hindsight, your name is all like you, it was like you were a master of manifesting. And how, like, was that an active thing or did that just come naturally? Did you know you were manifesting? I don't even remember necessarily doing that, but it's so funny that I have 
conversations with people who knew me as far back as elementary school or the first time I ever took a ballet class and did the Nutcracker, or I, I don't know, I, I've just gone back and talked to people that were like, you realize that you did do this thing. And I, I have watched um, stories and interviews and, or videos on YouTube and late nights of Oprah talking about the secret. And I think a lot of the things that the secret teaches and preaches are things that I have like automatically and just organically applied to my life. And so I, I, I think that has to just be another example of one of those times. It just freaking comes. It's like you're destined for whatever you're destined for and it just comes naturally. But like, do you do it more actively now or does it still just like whatever? I don't realize I'm doing it, but I do do it. I like always am like being like, right, but we're going to need this costume because like when I do Broadway shows, I always am getting my costumes um, because I have them framed around my house and, and put in drop boxes and shadow boxes because I want people to be able to see them later. I want my kids to be able to see the things that I, I I did and participated in and experienced in my life. And I think that those things, sometimes when people come, they're like, it's a Todrick Hall museum here. And I don't <laughs> intend for it to be that way. And I think some people could look at it and be like, wow, he really loves himself. But I just love what I do. I have always loved this. It's not a job to me. Like I still get so excited when I'm about to take the stage on Broadway. And there are people that'll be like, Oh, darling, it's a check. It's just another show. You go from one theater to right. the other. But that's not what it is to me. To me, it's like, right. it's my passion. It's the one thing I think about is the moment I wake up in the morning until the moment I go to sleep. I love theater. I love performing. I love everything that has to do with performing arts. I just love it all so much. So um, I think that that's just where, like, I don't know. I think so much of who I am comes comes out in every little thing that I do, even if it's just signing my name to make sure that <laughs> that, that I, it's spelled correctly in the playbill. Like seriously, it's it's bomb and it's something like very admirable, especially seeing where you are now. Um, and also back in the day, so you, I don't know if you remember making this video, Ghetto Gangnam Style. Yeah, it's I do. It's the. <laughs> is the one video that I was a part of. And I, I was like, sorry, Todrick, I have class. I have to go to school. <laughs> you were like, um, that. No, you, know, you, you don't, don't have to go to class. Right. And you know what? You were like, okay, it's ghetto Gangnam style, y'all. Like, I need y'all to look ratchet AF. And do you know that like back in the day, my version of looking ghetto and ratchet was just like having my hair not straight, having it. <laughs> Like, I was like, my hair is natural. So, I like, that's how I thought of my natural hair back then. Yeah. Um, and P.S., I just um, interviewed Tiana the other day. Oh, really? Today. Oh, my God. I love her. I Who was also in that video, right? I think. Yeah, she did it as well. Yes. That's where we met. Yes. Um, it's so funny to me when I think about those videos. And there's been, like, a lot of controversy online. And I usually don't even talk about this. But I think this is an organic way to bring this up. And when I did those videos at the beginning of my career, like Beauty and the Beat, and it was talking about all, all of these characters. And I did a Snow White and the Seven Thugs. And I did, I did videos where I would take... Um, classic fairy tales and make them like overly like um, a, a caricature of like what people thought being ratchet or ghetto was. And in that moment, I thought it was funny. And the people who were with me, who were all African-American people, thought it was hilarious. In some ways, I do think that right. stereotypes are funny. Um, I've gotten the same flack, by the way, from the gay community for doing things that are over uh, stereotypically gay. But I started to get a lot of flack from these people saying, who's laughing at these conversations? Who's laughing at these videos? Like the Beauty and the Beat, like Ghetto Gangnam Style, like uh, like the, the Mean Girls I did that was supposed to be like an East Compton high school. And so it was one of those things I was super conflicted by. And I've never taken those videos down because I love the memories that I made with those people. And it was just, they were such fun times being on those sets because we were all just like being goofy. And, 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 but, and having fun. Yeah, but the times have changed so much. The times have changed, and yes. I'm glad that they have because we are all a lot more woke and a lot more aware of the things that we're talking about. And I think it's such a full circle moment that you were in one of those videos, and now we're talking about how you have a podcast that celebrates people's natural hair. And and, and I just think it's just so full circle. I didn't even think about that moment whenever I decided to do this podcast with you, but I think that's really incredible that we can talk about that now. I don't know. Um. Yeah, and I also didn't realize there was any controversy around it because, like, your videos are bomb and everybody knows it. It's it's 
they're they're freaking they're freaking good and <laughs> even i am like i'm like going down rabbit holes i need to be doing other things i'm like oh this one well this is good I'll just keep watching a couple more minutes <laughs> yeah um one of the things that i remember back in the day so i first when i met when i first met you i had a crush on you oh my gosh thank you i'm flattered did not know you were gay <laughs> until we hung out and i was like oh oh he he's gay he and i was like team. oh he's he's very gay <laughs> and i had no idea i had no idea and so my my question is this what was the moment because like you had a separation of like your personal life and your public demeanor and and then one of those day one day like they they met yeah those two when was that moment that you decided, like, I am just going to embrace this truest version of myself publicly? Like, what do you remember? I remember it goes in, in steps. And it's almost like when you are a public figure, like, I was already out of the closet before I ever was on American Idol, before I ever went to Broadway or anything. But you feel like you have to come out of the closet again. And it's really difficult, especially during that time, because now we have Pose and we have had Glee and we got Moonlight and we've got Love, Simon and Love, Victor and Call Me By Your Name and all of these projects that are coming out that are celebrating people who are unique and different and a part of the LGBTQ plus community. But we didn't have that whenever you and I were working together. And right, so right. it was really scary, but I remember a few moments. I remember when I got uh, eliminated from American Idol thinking I would be okay with being eliminated had I been really truly the authentic and full version of myself on the show. But I felt I got eliminated for trying to be someone else. And that was the part that was oh. so heartbreaking to me. Um, but it's scary. It's scary to come out online and tell people these things because you know that a lot of people look at that as like a handicap. I think that sometimes in this industry, there have been moments where being African-American or being gay meant that you were not going to reach the same level of success as the people who were heterosexual or who were white. I mean, that's just like a fact. And there are a lot of people that have defied those odds. There are a few people, but not a ton of people. You being one of them. <laughs> um. Yeah. And so for me, I had to make a conscious decision to to say, you know what? And it's all also about the the responses that I got, the comments, the DMs, the messages from kids in these like rural small towns saying, I have the confidence to come out because you did this. And I think the first time I went on tour, it was like so eye opening because I had never really experienced fans in that capacity. I, I had only done live theater. And when I came out on stage and the audience screamed because they saw me on the stage and I realized that they were experiencing what I felt the first time I saw Raven Simone live and in person because I just love Raven Simone so much. <laughs> when I realized that that was what they were experiencing, I was like, oh my gosh, this is a, a new responsibility, Todrick, that you have to take on. And I would do meet and greets. And the meet and greets are probably the thing that changed my life the most because looking into their eyes and seeing that the fact that I was brave enough to wear a dress or wear a wig or sing a song about a boy and use a pronoun, you know, as we as gay people, we have to like work so hard to try to find songs to even play at our weddings because there are no people that write love songs where a man says the word he or him or boy or man. Um, it's very difficult for us to find all my favorite love songs are by women singing to men or men singing to women. And so I didn't realize that me singing the song Color or me singing Over the Rainbow in my Straight Out of Oz album were things that were going to impact people's lives so different so so drastically. And so it just made me realize like there used to be a world in the entertainment industry where people just admired like this like facade that you were perfect like not a human when michael jackson was like floating out of the sky people loved that and they didn't really feel like they were entitled to know anything about his personal life but salisha the times have that, changed that's, that's totally a thing of the past and people feel like they people know. feel like they, yes. they feel like they deserve it and if you don't give them your true authentic everything if you don't tell them everything that you feel then they don't feel like you're relatable. They don't feel like they want to hang out with you, that right. they can be your friend. And in that case, they don't want to support you anymore. But it's a, a slippery slope because if you say too much or you right. say something that this year in 2012 might be appropriate and in 2020... And then in, nothing is appropriate. Everything is very sensitive. Like, you don't know what the future is going to be. Yeah. 
and what so you gotta be vulnerable without being too vulnerable because you something you could say could get you canceled or get people to try to drag you on the internet so it's scary but I think you have to I'm learning that you have to leave lead with your heart and I know that I'm going on a tangent from your question that you asked but nope um, that's okay but I do think that it's really important now I've realized that living my true authentic self and like being as vulnerable as I can with these kids is the thing that has been the most powerful for me because right now they don't need a bubblegum sugar-coated truth they need to know what it's really like to be out here in these streets as a gay man as a black man Uh, and especially if you're both it's just it's it's a difficult world it's not easy to navigate um and I love that I can help easy to like when you it's easy to feel alone especially during this pandemic like no one understands you or whatever and so seeing other people either going through what you're going through you're like i I'm not the only one or, you know, like I I watched your documentary and there was a little boy that you brought on stage from Michael Jackson. He like, and he was like, and one of the things that he said, he was like, and you're the same color as me. Like the same shade of chocolate, me too. Like he, like the same shade of chocolate. Like he was excited because I'm like, when we were growing up, Todrick, like there, I cannot, I actually don't. I can't think of anybody who was black and gay and out on TV or anything. And so I can only imagine this generation, like, at least they have you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they have me. They have Billy Porter. They have uh, Karamo. They have... Um, RuPaul. RuPaul, yes, and a lot of the queens from RuPaul, like Shangela, Monet Exchange, Bob the Drag Queen, uh, the Vixen, Nina Bonina Brown. They have so many different people that represent like the rainbow that they can go to and see different versions of themselves. Because it's a lot of pressure also to be one of the very few people, the handful of people that are representing for gay black men, because my experience has not been the same as everyone's. I can't speak for everyone, but I can try to advocate and I can try to get into the rooms and stand up for and and speak to people um and hopefully get some people to listen and that's what i try to do with not only my message and me meeting people in person but with my music as well right oh and i want to get into that but what i one of the things i want to ask you is like when okay and you when in your art you 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 come off as like not come off you um, you're yourself and you also dress up. Yeah. You do all of it. There is no box. You're like, today I feel like doing this. Yeah. Okay, what was the first time that you ever put a wig on ever? I don't know if I remember the first time, but I do remember that I think that the first time I was ever in drag on my YouTube channel was the Beauty and the Beat video. And it was just me putting on an eyelash and lipstick and a wig. And that was it. But I was even nervous to do that. And it's so crazy because the world can make you feel like you're wrong for doing this thing and that it's not okay for you to to dress this way. And even if you're somebody who's been out of the closet, I came out at 14 years old. So I came out really, really early. Um, And even still today, there are moments where I can feel uncomfortable performing nails or hips, heels at an event or something, having to wear my heels. And I'm in my thirties now. And it's just, it's just strange to me to be in a world where like those wounds and the sticks and stones that you got that were thrown at you as a, a kid in elementary school in the playground where people called you sissy and faggot and all these horrible things, those words stick with you for so long. And they're so much more impactful and powerful than people can possibly understand. Even at that young of an age, it's still difficult to shake it. I can't imagine why it would be or how I, I truly like for you. Like these are hits. Like I, I love that song. You know, it's like I'd be like, yeah, I wrote that song. I perform that song. Yes. Like, that's me. But like, yeah, that's uh, I truly cannot imagine. Out of all the Broadway shows you've done, let's see: Color Purple, Memphis, Waitress, Chicago, Kinky mm-hmm. Boots. Out of all those. I know, obviously, you're wigged in um, kinky boots. Yeah. Because you, like, like, uh, and you might have been wigged, like, man wigs in the other shows. Yeah, I had a a wig in the African uh, scene in The Color Purple because I was in the original uh, cast of, I mean, the original production of that. And then I had, the only one that I haven't had a wig in uh, is Waitress in Chicago. Okay. So when I saw you in kinky boots, you 
looked so beautiful, by the way. Like, <laughs> not you. everybody can be a beautiful Lola. Like, you were, like, slay. Thank like, you. Aw. I loved being yeah. a part of that show. I loved it. How was it? How, it was life-changing. How was it working? It was life-changing. It was honestly, I will never forget um, the opening night going out and feeling my, my fans fill the room and scream at the top of their lungs when we came out. I was the most nervous, I think, for that show that I've ever been because it was the accent. It was like all of the costume changes. Um, I never got to rehearse the show with the actors that were doing the show until we did it on stage because for my put-in, two of the main actors, uh, the, my Charlie and my Lauren, weren't there. So, um, so I never really like got the opportunity to do the whole show with them. And I'm just a perfectionist. I didn't want to miss one line. I didn't want to miss one costume change. I didn't want there to be anything uncomfortable. And I remember getting into my hair and makeup and hearing the cell phone ring that starts the show. There's like a little cell phone, like a little skit, a little gag that they do to get the audience to focus and remember to turn their cell phones off. And I just remember my heart dropping and my body getting full chills. And God bless Lasagna, who was my makeup artist. She stopped me and she was, she said, no, don't go there. Breathe, relax. And I was like, okay, I can do this. And I felt more loved than I can remember ever feeling in a theatrical experience when I walked on that stage. Like the second I got on stage, I knew I could do no wrong. All of the nerves went away. Mm -hmm. I knew I was prepared for this. I knew that everything that I had done in my life had gotten me to the point where not only was I like, I was, I was made for that role. And, and, and the role spoke so much to who I was. It it felt like a very true representation of my relationship with my father and my struggle with wearing heels and wigs and costumes and stuff. It's, it's, it's been such a crazy journey. And so being in Kinky Boots was amazing. It was one of the best experiences of my entire life. You know, I didn't see you on your opening night. Uh, I saw you somewhere like midway through your run, I believe. And you, you had us in the palm of your hand. Oh, thank you. It was bomb. I love that character. Bomb. I love that music. I love the team. I love the producers. I loved, loved, loved okay. that cast. It was just, uh, yeah. So I have a question about Broadway. Like, okay. And think back <laughs> <laughs> out of all the shows that you've done, uh-huh. has, have there been any people of color who have helped with hair and makeup that you? Yeah. When I did The Color Purple, a lot of the people that were on the hair and makeup team were African-American. I think that the the hair was so specific in that show that it would have been difficult for a team of white people to be able to maintain those hairstyles. Um, And so I remember that a lot of the people on the team and my makeup person in Kinky Boots that did my drag makeup was a african-american female awesome which is crazy because it's very rare that i see women who are able to do drag makeup because it is a completely different experience you can be a phenomenal makeup artist but for you to be able to con um I don't want to say contort, but like change the features that, that make a man look like a man stereotypically, like the strong jawline and the eyebrows and whatever, and turn that into something that looks even remotely feminine. Yeah. It's difficult to do. And she just did a really great job of doing it and doing it fast. And um, so, but I will say that most like most times um, I would say that there were African-American people on the hair and makeup team on the on the hair team for color purple and then just makeup for kinky boots but now that i'm thinking about it on all of those shows i think those were the only two that i can remember that that had anybody that was african-american on the team Ooh, which is you know like this is something that we've been talking about within the community the broadway community just like there's people of color in so many shows these days and there's not always people who like know what to do or like there's not like black hair products or like a pick or like like you know it's but hopefully that there will be like some reform and things we're gonna cut for a short ad break it's time for today's lucky land horoscope with victoria cash life's gotten mundane so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to lucky land you know what they say 
Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. When did you meet? Rue, like, how did that relationship, like, how did, like, that's a, how did you meet RuPaul? How did that relationship, like, happen? It's a really funny story that seems not real, but I'm just going to tell you what actually happened because it's very simple. I literally got a phone call one day, and every now and then I answer a call because I just feel like the universe is speaking to me, um, that where where I don't know the number, and I picked up the phone call and he said, hello, it's RuPaul. I'm coming to pick you up. No. What's your address? And he, no. And, and his team had already told me he was interested in possibly meeting me and working with me and doing some video work or something. And, um, it had always been a dream of mine to be just a, a, a guest on the show one time. And, um, and I just fell in love with him. He took me to eat probably the most disgusting meal ever. And it wouldn't be disgusting by anyone else's standards. I'm just very unhealthy. So it was just a very healthy meal because Rue is, he's a really healthy person. And um, we sat down and talked and I would not stomach a a salad that looked like that ever for anybody. But for RuPaul, I attempted to eat it. And um, we just hit it off and he was just really sweet. And he has just been... I get emotional talking about Rue because he he is just like a living, breathing icon. The things that he did and the courage and bravery that he had in the 80s and 90s to be so unapologetically himself when it was not cool and when there was not social media and there was no awareness and responsibility for people to respect people like RuPaul. He was a champion and a trailblazer for people like me. Like I am able to do what I do because people like RuPaul existed. And when I say like RuPaul, I pretty much just only mean RuPaul. I don't know very many other like African American um, trailblazers th- that that were able to make such a huge imp- impact. There are a lot of people who were around and made music, and and they were able to affect change in some way that they didn't even realize because now we're still talking about them. But he was just and is just such an amazing human. And every time I get to work on the show, I go into his his dressing room while he's signing his books or whatever. And he'll talk to me and he'll just give me like little words of wisdom that, that I will always take with me. And I never forget them. And I use them and apply them to everyday life. It's like, I go there and I get medicine for me to last until the next time I get to be in the room with him. And I just am so, so, so beyond grateful that I was blessed enough to be able to know him and to be somebody that he has chosen to collaborate with and do songs with and, I'm just, it's, it's one of the highlights of my life. The fact that I just know RuPaul and I can turn to him for advice. It's, that is so cool. Like on a personal level, it's also cool to like turn on the TV and be like, Oh, like I think you'd been on the show quite a few times. And before the first time I saw you on there, I was like, why'd you get on there? Oh my gosh. That's hilarious. (laughs) It's it's cool. It's cool. It's, I remember I was an Amer- American Eagle and trying on some jeans that did not fit, but I loved, <laughs> I was trying to fit up in it anyway. And I was like, was it nails, hips, hips, yeah. that, was it that song? It was one of them, one of your pop, like, it was a bop. I was like, I love this. I feel like, oh my gosh, this is tough. <laughs> <laughs> That's always so crazy to me when it plays on a radio station somewhere just because the DJ just loves it or it's Pride Month or when it's at a gym or in a restaurant and my friends called me freaking out. It feels like those moments when I used to watch the, the Jackson 5 movie and that, watch them hear themselves on the radio for the first time. It's just such a surreal thing. And I feel honestly so grateful. I cannot believe that it has happened to me. Like there's so many times that I'm like, 
this just doesn't feel real. It feels very surreal. And, and I'm just, I'm so grateful. I think one of the happiest moments of my life is when the article came out with Broadway World saying that Kinky Boots had experienced a huge spike that they hadn't seen since the, the first year um, that their show had been opened. The ticket sales just flew up so much because I was in it. Wow. And there was a part of me that doubted what? myself and doubted my fan base, even though I know they support me, but I'm like, these tickets are expensive and it's in New York. My fan base is really strong when they can watch me from their living rooms, but is this gonna translate to people who will travel to New York or who are in New York who will come back to see Kinky Boots again because I'm in it? And when I saw that, I was one of those. Yeah, it just, it's, it just is so surreal. You're just a human who loves what you do. And to see that other people appreciate that and not only do they appreciate it, but they're willing to dig into their pockets and spend good money to come and support you. It's just one of those things that I, I, I wish that I had words other than grateful to use to describe how I feel about it. But it's just, I, I don't know if it'll ever feel normal to me, but I am just so, so grateful. <sighs> I feel like even though you've done so much, like you've done so much that even like when I was thinking like, what am I going to say for his intro? He's done so <laughs> much. Like, like I still feel like you've not even scratched the surface. Aww. Like you're just, you're barely in, like you're in your third, you're in your thirties. Can you imagine if you lived to a hundred? Yeah. Like, um, yeah, I, I'm ready now also to go to that next chapter. I'm ready to have my own show on Broadway that I write and star in. And I'm I'm so inspired by Lin-Manuel Miranda and the things that he does and Tyler Perry and how he has just created an avenue for himself. And I think that the, the times that I am rewarded in life by the universe and in the entertainment industry and my fandom is when I go and do things that only I can do. And when I like I'm not afraid when I don't try to fit into a box or be a cool kid or fit into the norm or do something that everyone else is doing. When I do things that I love and, and only I could do it, those are the times that I truly shine. And it's so strange how insecurity works and that it can stop you from reaching your full uh, capabilities. And now I'm just at a place where I'm like, I'm ready to like even shock myself to do things that um, surpass my own expectations and to sit down and really know that now, even though it everything is not fair and equal in this world, there's no excuse anymore. Like if you are a gay black man, you can make things happen. You can go and you can win all the awards. You can, you can be Billy Porter at the Emmys. You can be Jeremy Pope and be like getting nominated for every freaking award that there is um and it it just it it's inspirational it's it's inspiring and it makes and and I never realized how much um representation mattered as a child because we never saw ourselves in almost any show that we watched growing up and I flew to New York to see Brittany uh take the stage as the first African-American Glenda because I wanted to be in the room like there was no way I couldn't be there I changed my plans canceled things and work to fly there to support that girl and I I, oh. I started crying like before the Oh my God, I'm getting emotional now. Before the curtain even opened, I heard the entire cast behind the scrim um, clapping for her as she was like risen up into uh, into her bubble. And I wow. just was like, even me who considers himself to be an out of the box thinker and is a humongous, no one is a bigger Wizard of Oz or Wicked fan than I am. I own Kristen Chenoweth right. and Adina Menzel's original costumes from Wicked. They're that in my room. Um, Crazy. I would have never thought that I would be sitting in an audience and see an African-American Glinda. And what it did when I looked around and saw the little kids next to me looking at that, I realized how powerful that was. Um, I have the privilege of writing and the honor of writing the newest um, Disneyland parade called Magic Happens. And I flew in and watched it and was sobbing because it was the first time I had seen um, little Black girls looking up at Princess Tiana and Hispanic children looking up at Coco and people of color looking at Moana and all of these people. It it's the most diverse parade that Disney has ever had, not just the lead characters, but everybody dancing in it. And the music is so much more contemporary. And for me to be a part of that legacy was just like a life-changing experience. And I'm just getting to this age now where I used to not, I didn't use my tear ducts from the time I was like 16 until I turned 30. And now 
anytime I see a child doing something or accomplishing something, or what sometimes when I meet kids at my meet and greets, I'll just start crying, Salisha. I'll just start bawling because I just realize that we are such a beautiful species, but we're just so hurt and we are all trying to live up to expectations that are not realistic. And so when you get through and you permeate someone's heart and you get in to see the true authentic version of themselves, um, it's just heartwarming to me in a way that it wasn't before. So I'm excited to have kids. I think it's a huge responsibility. I'm getting cats today as soon as I leave here. Wait, are you getting those bald cats that you were like, oh my gosh. (laughs) Did you figure out a name for them? Yes, I'm naming them Regina and George. Oh my gosh. Okay, so that's amazing. Also, um, Brittany is coming onto the show next week. And so it'll be nice to tell her. Oh, she is. Of, oh, Brittany. Brittany. Okay. Yeah, Brittany Johnson. Oh my Johnson. gosh, I'm so excited. Sorry. Yeah, she just moved to Black LA. So I'm hoping that we basically become best friends while she's here. <laughs> I'll let. I mean, yeah, that's that's the Put bomb. In a good word for and me. also, you Put said in a good word for me, please. I'll let her know next week. I'll be like, so Toddy was like. And also, um, a girl, I don't know if you know who Ashley De La Rosa is. She was the first black Regina George. Oh, I don't um, know her, but I have stalked her because I follow all those like Broadway belting uh, Instagrams and I've seen her and she's yes. phenomenal. She slays. Yeah, she came on here too. Um, and so I'm like, it's nice to have you too. I want to ask you about... Um, your look at the VMAs uh, with your pink, your pink uh-huh, hair. My pink locks. Yes. Like, I thought that was baller. And that's, like, a look that I I don't think I'd have, like, the confidence to, like, like shave the sides of my head or anything. But, like, wh- how, what was that inspiration? And I just went through a phase where I just was, like, loving the idea of being androgynous. Because as much as I don't like to, per- like, accept that I'm a part of the system... I am a man who keeps my hair short, who doesn't wear nails, who wears pants all the time. And if I'm dressing up for an event or playing a character, I'll wear heels or, you know, I'll carry a purse or a wand, darling, whatever it called for that moment. Yes, darling. But, um, yes. but I just started saying, you know what, there's no reason why I should have like a taper fade all my entire life because I'm an African-American man and that's what I've seen people do. So I grew my hair out and was like, I'm just going to try a few different things and see what I can make happen with my hair. And, um, and I liked it. It was cool, but it was just, it was very strange. And I only had it for one day because I was in the middle of doing waitress when I did that. So I finished an eight oh, week of shoot. waitress, went and got my hair done, did the VMAs the next day, and then took my hair out the next day because I had to play Oki again and waitress on Broadway the next night. Did you ask though? Were you like, can I please wear and these? Did you well, try? I actually wore them into the show. I Those poor... Uh, stage managers of waitress they just I, I was a handful for them because while I was there I was shooting music videos I was preparing for my tour I was doing the VMAs and I had three pride events that I had to go to and I was only in the show for six weeks so I don't even remember oh being in waitress it was such a blur I didn't remember I didn't get to really bond with the cast and um there were times I shot the wig video and I was like letting them know the show will be started before I get to the theater but I don't come into the show for an hour so I will still make it on stage for my role, but I'm going to be late. And I showed up to the, the, the theater. I'll try to text you a picture of this. And, um, and I showed up to the theater in full hair and makeup. And the guy was like, how are you going to be ready? Cause I have a full sleeve. Like I have a, a tattoos everywhere. So I had to right. not only take off this wig, all the hair and makeup, but cover up my entire sleeve on, on both sides. I have lots of tattoos. I had to cover up all my tattoos to play this character. And I, I got to the show about 10 minutes after it started already. So he was like, there's no way he's going to be on. Oh my he God. was like, there's no way he's going to be on camera for, uh, I mean, on stage for Ogie in 30 minutes when he's in fully in drag and showed up in drag. Oh my gosh. And, um, it was just hilarious. So I took a picture dressed in drag as Ogie and it was, it was very, very funny. Did you make it? I did make it. I did make it. It was oh, a tight squeeze, but, but I made it. Happened? I made it. <laughs> um, I'm going to get you out of here. I know it's past time. Um, I have a couple more okay, questions. Okay, I'll be brief because I know um, I talk a lot, but I'm just so excited to see you. Oh, no. I am happy to have, like, honey, I could keep you on here for two hours. <laughs> I'm trying to, like, honestly. Um, oh, no, I just lost my train of thought. You have two um, more questions. Yes. Um... 
one of the things that I want to know, oh, your wigs. When you have a lot of videos, when you have like a lot of different wigs, do you design those? Do you hire somebody else to design those? Like, do you have a vision? Are you the one who has the vision? I for always it? have like, a vision for it, but I am not the person who designs them, but I'm very hands-on and I, I will say I want it ombre from bubblegum bubble pink to hot pink, or I want these colors in it, turquoise yellow and hot pink. Um, I'll, I'll tell them what colors I want and I'll always give references of things that I've seen that have inspired said look. Um, but I, um, but usually I, I trust like the people that do my hair from uh, his, one of them's name is Caesar. He's awesome. He does Normani and uh, Sierra's hair all the time. So I'm just like, so flattered that he takes the time out to touch my head. Um, and oh. um, yeah, I, I just, uh, Zach Killian, I just have these awesome uh, wig designers that, that work with me. And um, I just love transforming. I love what a wig can do for you. And people who don't, play with their hair and try different things they don't understand what a transformation it can make not only to your physical appearance but to the way you feel the way you move the way you act like I've been in cats right. and didn't feel like I was the rum tum tugger until I put the wig on and also my Lola didn't come to life until I put the wig on and I think the Lola you see at the beginning who sings Land of Lola and the Lola who has the whole like long blonde Beyonce fantasy are almost two different complete characters um your hair can just totally change so much about you and who you are a lot of confidence comes from your hair like there are days where I'm like wow I just am really not cute and I'm realizing why I'm single and then I'll go get a haircut and I'll be like bitch you can't tell me nothing I am it you can't tell me shit <laughs> we'll be right back right after the break do you have like a natural hair journey or has it always been like tapered always like for your for your own hair the way it grows out of your scalp um, I just recently cut my hair off. It was natural for the past year, I would say. Um, and I would just use one of those sponges and like twist it up and try to give it some shape. But now I just am kind of like, it's quarantine. I don't want to have to deal with it. Absolutely. And so I just want something that when I get up, I'm ready to go and I'm presentable and can be seen by other humans. I can't imagine you not being able to be seen, Todrick. No, honey, I can get there. I can get there fast. I <laughs> it's, not, it's not cute. I can look really homeless really fast. Shut up. No Shut up. But you like dyed your hair many times too. So like, and that's so many different colors. Yeah. Um, okay. And I want to know, let's see here. We talked about how you are a role model for, for many, for boys, but also girls, like just people of all ages, shapes, sizes, colors, all the things. When, who were your role models when you were growing up? Like, who, who did you look to? Was there anybody? I don't know that I looked at people as role models from their personal life, but the people who inspired me the most were Beyonce. I loved Brandy. Um, I watched a lot of Disney movies and um, I would say Oprah. I grew up watching Oprah and listening to the things that she said. I loved Oprah because my mom loved Oprah so much and I loved her interviews. And um, I think that I absorbed a lot of the tools that, that make me the person that I am today from watching her. Um, but I would say I kind of grew up watching Disney movies and those people were my role models. I had no idea. Yeah, like, it's really shocking, honestly. It's very out of the box. A lot of people don't know that I love Disney so much. Can we talk about your background? <laughs> <laughs> my Disney VHS wall. The cool part is that all the VHSs are still in the cases. Oh, so oh my gosh! So if you want to watch a, uh, any uh, Disney movie, because I pretty much have every single Disney movie, I, I'm subscribed to Disney Plus, but I don't need it because I have every Disney VHS you could ever ask for. And for, then some. For those who are listening and, and are not watching this broadcast, um, Todrick has a wall of VHS tapes, and I thought it was like wallpaper. They're actual VHS with the VHSs in them. It's just a wall yes. of Disney movies. It's like... <laughs> It's incredible. All right. Last question for you. And then I'll let you okay, go. Live your best life. Okay. So I've been thinking about, like, I know for me personally, when I'm high vibe, when I'm operating at a high frequency, I can get a lot of things done. And I feel like superwoman. I can talk to people and um, 
have people want to do things for me. And when I'm low vibe and operating at a low frequency, it's like pulling teeth, um, being productive, and which is why I'm just like, let me operate like up here because that's when I can live my best life. Yeah. I want, I want to know how often would you say that you first part of the question, how often would you say that you are high vibe? I'm pretty high vibe oftentimes, but I feel like I have to be on a lot when I'm out in public. And so I think that when I'm at home, sometimes I'm like recharging because I feel like I have to always be smiling and make sure that every single person that I meet, if they're a fan or supporter of mine, that I'm like giving them the best version of myself so they have a great experience. And it is kind of exhausting, but it is yes. just a part of the the what you sign up for, I think, when you decide that you want to be a public figure or when you become a public figure, it doesn't happen accidentally for most people. So you had to work really hard typically to get to this point. And if you do, then I think that's just one of the responsibilities that comes with it, for me at least. Um, so I, I I think that I'm I'm not super, super low energy, but I think sometimes people meet me and they say that I'm a lot more chill than they would have expected me to be. Well, you're very chill and I and I know that you're so busy and like you're always you're always writing songs. You're always recording. You're always working on a million things, which is why I'm like, oh, you have time for my little podcast? Uh thank you. Oh, uh, but my I gosh. know I know how busy you are. And well, so, I would I think that you are one of the few genuine people in this industry that I've met and you've not never changed. Um, you are the most humble person. You're so incredibly talented. I love what I love most about you is that I meet so many people who have like been so uh scarred by the world that they like they they won't wear their heart on their sleeve. They won't go full out. Like there's no director that's going to ever say to you, Salisha, I need more from you <laughs> because you will just give them whatever and you don't care. You will go there and you will be whatever character they tell you to be. And that's just like a director's dream and a performer's dream to work on stage with someone who is like that. So I think the world of you and there would never be a time where I wouldn't cancel plans to make time for you oh because I gosh. just think you're incredible and you've been very sweet to me every single time I've ever seen you since the day I met you always the same person never changed and I just love you and could not give you a higher Yelp review if I tried oh I'm like literally sweating like <laughs> thank you you're so welcome it's all true it's all true oh my gosh my heart is so big for you I'm like the I would yeah, I, I never even got to the second part of the question because I'm like, so thank you. Thank you, Todrick. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, I attacked you with compliments. <laughs> you can resume your questioning now. I Thank you. My heart's so big for you. I, my, I wanted to know, like, when you're not on, when you're not feeling on top of the world, how are you able to still get as much done as you do? I think that life is a roller coaster. Like I said, I love doing this so much. There's a lot of people who love to perform, but they like partying just as much or they like drinking and socializing and, you know, going to the beach just as much. And I'm just not one of those people. I love performing so much that it's the only thing that I like to do. So a lot of times people are like, you work so hard. And I do definitely agree. I don't know anybody that I personally have ever met that works as hard as I do, but right. I don't look at it as work, which is the reason why I, I work so much. I love doing everything. Like even this interview I've enjoyed doing. Um, um, so I, 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 I don't even, what was the question again? I don't even remember what the question oh, that was. When, like, like if you're not, if you don't feel like showing up, if you feel like, especially during this pandemic when things can be like, oh my gosh, sometimes you want to wear your pajamas like, and not do anything. Like when you are not feeling like on or that you even want to be on, how are you able to go to the drawing board and create something new? Like it just seems constant. Yeah. There are moments when I, when I just stop and I watch big brother and I like go watch Disney movies but all of the things that I watch, somehow when I watch them, it inspires an idea. And when I get excited about the idea, I just work on the idea. And I don't, it's never a moment where I'm like, oh, I have to work on this. I'm excited to work on this. I'm frustrated that I have to do other things like, you know, real things like go to the DMV or something. I'm annoyed <laughs> that I have to do those things because I really, really want to just only focus on on music. So I think it's just one of those things that I was created to do this. I 
Um, Cause I don't think about it. I very rarely am in situations where I'm like, I really, really words can express how much I don't want to write this song. And I don't want to do this show. There are moments where I'm just exhausted when I'm on tour. But the second I get on stage and see those kids faces, that all goes away. When I'm sitting in the makeup chair, those are things I don't like doing sitting in the makeup chair. Cause I'm so antsy and like want to be moving around. And on my last tour, I had to sit in the makeup chair and for two two and a half hours every single night to, to get my makeup done. And I hated it. Um, oh my but gosh. It was, but it was worth it, you know, in the end. But I just am not, I don't like to sit around and be like primped and pampered. I think people would be really surprised to know that I'm always wearing sweatpants all the time. In fact, I only am dressed up from here to here and I'm wearing sweatpants. Shut up. <clears throat> Shut up. I'm wearing sweatpants on the bottom. And as soon as I get off of this, I'm going to put those sweatpants back on yes. and spend the rest of my day in sweatpants. So um, I, I lounge around a lot and I don't leave my house a lot. Like that's why my house is decorated like this big whimsical Pee Wee Herman paradise, because this is where I feel creative and my house just exudes creativity. It's hard not to be uplifted and inspired when you're in a house that's totally catered to all things that make you happy it's disney beyonce wizard of oz and broadway all over my house it's like i stay happy i am so inspired i just feel like as soon as i get out i'm like what can i go create what can i like <laughs> oh let me go like redecorate so i feel more inspiration like these walls are wide up in here i'm like what am i gonna put up on these walls honey <laughs> <laughs> well, um, i also think it's a, a big a big thing is you are also the company that you keep. And I think that that is very true. Oftentimes when I see people who aren't very productive and who are like, I don't know why things haven't happened to me. I hang out with them for a day and I like low key want to be like, well, I can tell you 20 reasons just from hanging out with you for 24 hours, why things aren't happening for you. And a lot of it has to do with your friends. If you yearn to be around people who are like, oh, all I want to do is sit down, drink and smoke, watch TV and not do anything or just party every day. Then you're probably going to be a partier. I started realizing recently oh. when I would be working with people, um, Instagram can kind of be a read. If you follow someone on Instagram, you can tell a lot about what that person is and how the world sees that person from the people that Instagram suggests for you to follow once you follow that person. And I think there's a lot of people who perceive wow. themselves differently than, I mean, those analytics on Instagram, they don't lie. So like, I think there's a lot of people that they're like, yeah, I hang out with those people, but I'm not them. And I sometimes want to be like, no shade. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with being them, but if you don't think that you are them, then you're, you're not being very self-aware. And I think self-awareness is a huge thing that we have to have in this industry. You have to be able to know your type, know what you can go for, know what you can sing, know what you, what, what roles might be right for you. I think that's a really important part of it. So I don't know. I just think that it's also important. I, I surround myself with a lot of people who are also motivated and who are also inspired and who also inspire me. It's very difficult not to get off the phone with Taylor Swift and want to go write an album because you're so excited and you absorb so much positive energy and so much inspiration from being around someone like a Taylor Swift, someone like a Billy Porter, someone like RuPaul. And when you're hanging out with those people, if you don't soak up some of the, their residual success, then I don't know. Like, right. if, what are you, if, if you, you know, what are you doing? I don't know. What are you doing? Um, um, yeah. Can you please have you are you have you written a book? Are you going to write a book? Because you're you're just sharing so much wisdom and knowledge that is relatable that people can like really learn from. I'm like, can you would you would you be able to sit down long enough to write a book? I would. I, I, I actually have ideas for books right now. And one of them is a fictional novel. But I do think that every time I talk to people, it's very common that they say you should write this in a book because there's a lot of things that it's a lot of what we want is difficult, but it's also not that hard. It's just, you have to be willing to do the work to get there. And the work ethic is the thing that's hard. And I think if people knew that it was just a work ethic adjustment versus like the world always being against them, because if I can do it as a gay black man, then a lot of people don't really have that many excuses. And so I just, um, I would like to, to write a book, but I don't know that a lot of people who would easily feel attacked would like to hear what I have to say, but I do think <laughs> it's important for them to know that because this, this industry is hard. And that's another reason why I respect you so much and why I respect the Broadway community so much, because 
I have done so many aspects of the industry from working with celebrities in their videos to being doing YouTube and social media, um, doing reality shows, being a judge on those reality shows. And no one, no one in any industry works as hard as people on Broadway to fine tune, not just one, but three crafts to be able to sing, dance, act. And if you're black and a dancer, probably tumble as well. You is a requirement in order to get those jobs. Just saying, um, People don't have that work ethic. They don't know what it means to show up every day and retell the same story eight shows a week and make it feel fresh and to be able to have to make sacrifices of what you can eat and what you can drink and how much sleep you have to have in order to be able to to be Elphaba or to be Anna and Elsa or to be Lola and Kinky Boots. They don't they don't know what that that discipline does not exist in a lot of places other than on Broadway. And when I go back to Broadway and see how people work and how dedicated they are to their craft and the sacrifices that they've made, not only to get to that point, but to maintain that consistent performance, it's just it 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 is the most like fulfilling thing to be around people who actually care and who are not just there to get Instagram followers or a verified check. It's just so refreshing. And so I just respect Broadway so much. I love everything about it. And, um, and that's why my team and I have been raising money during this pandemic to send to Broadway Cares to help the performers who are out of work during this time. Um, because Broadway is my, my, my first love being in the theater is the one thing that I will do as a form of escapism um, or as a form of entertainment. If you give me one free day, I will try to find a way to get my ass to New York and get in a theater. Cause I just, I love it. It's the one thing that makes people turn off their phones and listen to stories, listen to lyrics. You can't just be somebody who's just hot and be able to get a role. You must be able to do the craft and sing the notes on the page and not just one time to shoot it for a video you have to be able to do eight it and there are very week. few eight times and sometimes you got a macy's parade and yes. yes 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 press yes and then and stage door after yeah a stage door after so you can inspire the next generations and 54 below you got all of these things and then you got you know um i don't know what they call gypsy of the year now because that's not politically correct but they have like a <laughs> whatever, and Easter bonnet, you're raising money for Broadway Cares. I mean, that being on Broadway is one of the most difficult things in the entertainment industry. And I think that you are the consummate professional and you don't really know what hard work is in the entertainment industry if you have never been in a Broadway show. Well, period. said. Well, <laughs> freaking said. And honestly, like looking at you as like a black man, like you're like the definition of like successful black men. There's like no mediocre successful black. You you are above and beyond the like. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Oh, you're so sweet. Well, I love you. I love you. Thank you. Thank you for stopping by. Thank, Thank you for you sharing your me. heart and your wisdom and your love, Todrick. I love you so much. I love you so much back. Thank you for matching me and wearing pink. Thank you. I know you're you again little... soon. <laughs> thank you. Okay, don't actually sign off, but like, thank you so much. I love you. Right. Love you too. Bye. Todrick continues to slay life every single friggin' day. I love him yesterday, today, tomorrow. I'm so excited for his life and everything that he's accomplished and everything that he's going to do hand clap for my boy please follow if you're not already following Todrick please follow him on Instagram at Todrick you can look up his YouTube videos he's all over truly all over the world and he has um tour dates set up for the end of 2021 which is fingers crossed that's very exciting so please support him Shout out to Broadway Podcast Network. Shout out to Wilton Music for producing my theme song, Love COD. Shout out to Colin Tabor, who edited this episode. Hi, Colin. I love you. You guys, thank you so much for listening. You guys, we are two weeks into January. Fingers crossed that, it's, that it gets better than it was in 2020. Dear, dear God, let, let's... We're, we can do this. We can do this thing. You guys, thank you for tuning in here. You're listening to Black Hair in the Big Leagues. I'm your host, Salisha Thomas, and I cannot wait to see you again next week. Hey. 
Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.